welcome to this month's episode of Women in Foreign Policy. I'm Ashley. I'm a foreign policy practitioner working in Washington, D.C. And I'm Annika. Uh, I'm a graduate student in Geneva, Switzerland. You are listening to the monthly podcast of the Women in Foreign Policy organization, where each month, Ashley and I discuss a different topic in foreign policy and hear from women working on that issue. This episode begins a new series on professional development and the different facets of that, which can include professional organizations, your resumes, your CVs, transitioning out of academia and into the professional sphere, all sorts of questions that you might have as you go about developing your career and moving from early career to mid-career, or maybe even from mid-career to a senior position. Yeah, I am really excited. Today's episode is specifically about professional organizations, and some of you know what they are and belong to them. Some of you have no idea. Don't worry. Do not fear. Uh, We are going to explain it all. So for this episode, we have spoken with a number of women who work for or represent different professional organizations, and we'll just hear from them one by one. But before we start, I just wanted to take a minute to talk about what professional organizations are and what they do and, and kind of what the value of being a part of one is. So I'm a member of an organization called Starting Block, and essentially it's a group of uh, professionals all across the world who have similar professional interests. And I love being a part of this group because it is not only a network for if I'm looking for a job of people to reach out to, but also if I have any kinds of professional questions, how do I navigate this transition from here to there? What is this kind of a job in our field really like? Um, uh, like a network of people to go to for, for advice, um, but also just helps me explore sort of the reaches of my field in general and is a good place for me to sort of make my own luck and to to bump into new opportunities. So what we've tried to do in this episode today is give you a number of different examples of different professional organizations for women in the foreign policy spheres. And we are starting off today's episode. Um, we actually went back to Alice, who was interviewed in our STEM episode, the most recent one. And she spoke to us about the FAIR internship initiative. So here's Alice. Hi, I'm Alice. I used to uh volunteer for the FAIR Internship Initiative, um, particularly as a representative from the World Health Organization. Um, the FII, which is the FAIR Internship Initiative, is a, I, it's a coalition of several organizations. Um, and I think overall, the initiative aims to advocate for FAIR internships across the world. Um, and they particularly, I think, from my experience, they're particularly focused within the United Nations um, and their specialized agencies, their field, uh, as well as their field offices. Um, but I think they do also work with other international organizations as well. And their main purpose is to advocate for uh, FAIR and fair internship standards and qualities, so um, paid internships with decent uh, financial coverage where you can get your basic living expenses and welfare covered. Um, and so I would say it's for it's for anyone that is doing an internship, um, particularly I would say in the international level um, and within the UN, um, but I think their aim is to promote fair internships in overall as an aspect. I think it's particularly important in the international space um, because fair internships ensure equitable representation of all groups, um, especially financial economic diversity 
um, geographical diversity and gender diversity as well. Um, and so it is very important for an internship to be fair and by fair being paid and um, well paid so that you can uh, live a comfortable uh, life while doing the internship um, because it ensures that people who are previously unable to access internships due to the financial costs and the financial barriers are now able to. And in the international spaces, it's particularly important because it then fosters the geographical diversity, economic diversity, and social diversity that's needed to really, really understand global issues. Uh, so the Affair Internship Initiative, it has a couple of offices. It's based in Geneva, New York, and Vienna. Um, and I was involved with the Geneva chapter. I would say don't hesitate to reach out and don't hesitate to get involved. Um, I would say the the organization itself is in a wealth of knowledge in kind of understanding the current situation on fair internships or on equitable internships as well. Um, and they can be a very good resource in kind of generally understanding the scope, particularly in the international organization field, like the United Nations, on what's happening currently within United Nations and how you can best navigate it to ensure that you're able to get the most, the fairest internships. Um, in terms of projects and tangible ways in which you could help um, kind of move forward the fair internship initiative, um, I do know that within the organization in Geneva, they're more focused on advocating within the UN and particularly speaking with missions and speaking with uh, different advocacy groups as well to try to move the needle uh, forward a little, a little bit more. Um, so in terms of someone maybe from um, who is interested in, in an internship who may be not in Geneva, um, it may be a bit more challenging to find a tangible project that is, um, I guess, less focused there. But I would say I would not discourage them from reaching out. I would really encourage them to reach out to get resources and to see if there's any way that they can help. Next up, we spoke to Zainab, who runs Women in Foreign Policy Turkey. And even though the names of these two organizations are really similar, we're actually not affiliated with Zainab's organization. Um, hello, my name is Zeynep Alandar. I'm an associate professor of political science and founder of Women in Foreign Policy Initiative in Istanbul. It is actually for all women who are interested in international issues. Um, it's all for all young women who would like to become leaders uh, in foreign policy issues and who would like to make a difference with their you know, feminine approach to foreign policy or maybe even feminist foreign policy. Well, of course, what we have, um, I mean, we were inspired by how little, especially young women in Turkey, um, even if they are, you know, international relations students or, um, you know, political science students, we're not thinking about going into politics. We're not thinking about, uh, and especially in terms of foreign policy or hard security issues, they wouldn't. Uh, they, they were not really eager to participate, and they weren't even if they were interested somehow. So we thought that it would be nice to first give them some role models uh, so that they would see how um, how foreign policy making works, and also um, you know give them a safe space to actually voice their concerns over you know what their futures uh, are going to be like. Uh, so what we are trying to get is actually to mobilize our collective expertise and develop partnerships, you know, encourage cooperation, 
um, and empower basically women to become active participants of foreign policy mechanisms. So uh, what we are doing is, um, I mean, we, we are an organization who's been active since 2014. In 2014, what we started doing was basically introducing women to, to the role models. And, you know, we got uh, we got an ex-minister from uh, from Jordan. We've got a politician from Morocco. We've got a friend from D.C. We've got a politician from Sweden. And we basically just sat around um, around, a, you know, 25 people table and um, and started talking. And um, other than that, we did a project on UN Security Council Resolution 1325, and uh, which Turkey does not have a national action plan for yet, which is basically to get women in the peace processes and in the peace tables, uh, which is extremely important for you know all countries around the world. And, um, and, you know, our last event was actually just last week. And again, we got together and tried to mobilize the expertise. And what now we are working on is actually to develop a, a, a binder or, a, a, you know, basically a worksheet of women who are working on uh, foreign policy issues and uh, international relations, international security issues, or e even legal issues because, you know, we are overwhelmed with the number of men uh, who are on TVs every night and, you know, saying very strict and very, you know, basically voicing their arguments in such a way that has really no place for um, negotiation, let's say. So, um, you know, we are uh, we are also pointing out the, the all male panels as, you know, as it's very um, as it's very popular all around social media as well. Um, so we are trying to basically get a list of people and get it to the uh, get it to the media so that you know we would have a say and uh, young women actually would see more role models in the media as well. We do have a website. It's uh, WFP. Uh, it's Women in Foreign Policy and the year that we were founded, 14. So it's WFP14.org or com. So org or com, they both go to the website. Uh, it's both in Turkish and English. And we do have a connect to us button there. But also they can always email email to our, you know, the regular Gmail address, which is womeninforpol at gmail.com. Um, you know, I would love to connect with all the other uh, similar organizations, initiatives, groups, networks uh, of women, which, um, which has been, you know, uh, sprouting up all around the world. And, um, you know, if you pass by Istanbul, please let us know and get and uh, get to meet Great. with our Great. I was so uh, inspired volunteers. by what Zainab had to say. So I hope that you all go and check that out. Our next organization is an organization from another speaker from last month's episode, the STEM, uh, Women in STEM episode. So this is Bonnie talking about WCAP, or Women of Color Advancing Peace and Security. My name is Bonnie Jenkins, and I am the founder and president of Women of Color Advancing Peace, Security, and Conflict Transformation. And it is an organization that uh, was established in September of 2017. And the main goal of the organization is to promote the voices of women of color in the areas of peace, security, and conflict, and really trying to find ways in which to ensure or to uh, help ensure that they are at the table because so many issues of peace and security 
affect women of color predominantly around the world, and yet we're not really at the table for the for the uh, foreign policy discussions and decision making. Um, it's open to uh, women around the world, um, and so it's not just a domestic uh, group. It's really looking at, uh, you know, including women from um, all around the world, and that's something that we're doing now is trying to promote our membership, particularly outside the U.S. and really also outside Washington, D.C. Um, to join the membership, uh, it's open to everyone. Anyone can join, uh, and it's very easy to do. It's free. There's no dues. Um, just go to the website, wcaps.org, and there's actually a pull-down menu uh, in terms of getting uh, getting involved, and you can fill out a form. And the other thing that it does offer is an opportunity, uh, particularly for women of color, to be listed on the expert page that we have. And what we're trying to do is to highlight women of color in the field to make sure that the, the concern about um, not knowing women in the field and not being able to put them on the panels and things like that is uh, is not really an excuse anymore because we're trying to highlight um, all of the women who are out there, either young or mid-career particularly, um, who are in the field and who can really be out there and representing women of color in these different issues. Um, and so that's really the best way to get involved. Uh, but we also have a number of things that if you go to the website, you can also see that we're doing. We do podcasts. We do webinars. We have a media training uh, project that we do for both mid-career and also for young uh, young people. Um, we have webinars, uh, six webinars that uh, young people can do and get a certificate from both uh, web, uh, WCAPS and Rethink Media. We also uh, post uh, articles and op-eds that are written by women of color in the areas of peace and security. We have a page that's looking at art, art and peace and security, and bringing together young women of color who work in both policy and, and do art related to peace and security. Um, and there's a number of other things that are on the page that folks who are interested and want to learn more about the organization can find out. We do a lot of collaborations with organizations. So we've had a couple of org uh, events with uh, WISE Women in International Security, for example. Um, we did uh, a program with Brookings. We did a program with the Hudson Institute. Next year, we're going to be doing some more uh, collaborations with other um, organizations of, with with a focus on women and foreign policy. Um, we also are establishing working groups. We have two working groups already established, one on cybersecurity and emerging technologies. We have a working group on this focusing on women's and mass destruction issues. And these work, our working groups allow our members and others to have a, have a space to have more in-depth discussions on policy issues. We're gonna be establishing a working group on climate change, uh, we're going to be establishing one on global health and also one on human trafficking. So um, members can stay tuned if, uh, on these issues if they want to join one of the working groups. Uh, the, you can do that via the website. Um, and if you're interested in one of the future working groups, um, we'll be sending out information, posted thing on the website on those as well. Um, so there's quite a few other things that we're trying to do and get involved. And, and, and the best thing to do is to keep checking back on the website, wcaps.org. Um, to see what's going on. We also invite people to uh, to follow us on Twitter and Instagram because we post quite a bit of things on there. 
WCAPSnet. And also we have an opportunities page on the website. So we post job openings as well uh, if there is an interest in that. I really enjoy getting to talk to Bonnie, and I think that the work her organization does is really crucial, especially today when we're so conscious of the different intersections of oppression and how just being a woman is not enough, and you need to think about people as the intersections of all of the forces acting on them, and that you know women of color are especially disadvantaged in a lot of different situations. We also spoke to Maggie, who runs Natset Girl Squad, which some of you may be familiar with as a hashtag on Twitter. Hi, my name is Maggie Feldman-Pilch, and I am the founder and executive director of Natset Girl Squad. Um, We are a membership organization that is focused on competent diversity throughout the national security apparatus, though we do focus almost solely, but not totally, um, on defense and security. Um, So... Essentially, what we are interested in is helping women um, not just kind of get a seat at the, at the table and stay there, but take it for all it's worth. So our programming is focused on three areas. One is um, helping women um, develop an expertise in you know, whatever they determine is their area of the field that they're most interested in. Um, two, helping them build confidence in that expertise, because I think we all know that too often Women are absolutely more than qualified, um, but for one reason or another, they don't feel comfortable speaking up, whatever that means. Um, So we work on things like media training, we help women find avenues for publishing, um, and we also kind of re-up stuff they're already working on, all those kinds of things. Um, And then finally, we work on informal and formal networking opportunities um, to help people build kind of their own family, I guess, professional family of people that are um, committed and invested in their careers and their success um, and to kind of lean on one another. Um, So I mentioned we're a membership organization um, for people, which is accurate because not all of our members are are women. Uh, Membership is open to everyone. We have members who are still in undergrad. We have members who are actually in high school. Um, thanks to our partner, Girl Security, up in Boston that works with um, high school and middle school aged girls that are interested or might be interested in careers in law enforcement and national security. And we have members that are like more than 90 years old. Um, We welcome everybody and our programming really is focused on that entire array. So we try to do at least four events a month. Um, one of those is always a kind of a lunch and learn webinar that you can do from your desk or wherever you are that's focused on like a tactical career skill. Sometimes that's salary negotiation. Sometimes it's working on your resume. Um, we do one social type event. Sometimes that's a happy hour. Sometimes it's um, like a soul cycle ride together. Sometimes it's everybody go get manicures. Um, it's a lot of different things. Um, I also hold office hours at least two days a month. Um, and then we do one kind of like policy focused item. Um, so sometimes it's a round table. For example, in January, we are having um, a conversation on cryptocurrency, which I know nothing about. Um, and then we try to do at least one um, small group dinner or lunch with an expert in the field. And then again, we also do media training and that kind of stuff. I live and work in DC, so the majority of our activity for right now um, is in Washington. 
Um, we have members in LA, we have members in Chicago, we have members in Seattle, we have members in Boston, New York, um, Australia, Philadelphia. Um, we have a lot of members in Carlisle, Pennsylvania at the Army War College. So I've mentioned, right, we're a membership organization. So um, between, you know, before the end of the year, for the start of 2019, we're aiming to um, gain at least 30 new members. Um, membership is intentionally like a fairly low cost. So membership is open to everybody, right? Doesn't matter if you're a woman or not. Um, and it starts at $20 a year. Our hope is that by gaining at least 30 new members, um, we are planning a complete redo of our website, which is really exciting. The new website will have a membership portal um, with, an with access to an interactive job board. Um, it will allow you to connect more directly with members, with other members, um, without having to go through me. So we'll be doing, for example, study groups for people that want to take the Foreign Service Officer test. Um, we'll be doing a lot more outreach on campuses, um, particularly at HBCUs out in DC and outside DC. Um, we'll be doing on-demand career counseling in 2019. Um, we're working on an internship and fellowship program where through NATSEC Girl Squad, you would be paid and placed at, um, at an institution in DC or elsewhere. Um, we're planning a big presence for AUSA so there's like a lot happening. Um, oh, we also have a podcast coming through Deep State Radio Network starting in January. The name is unknown at this time, but keep an eye out for it. 2019 is gonna be a really big year for us, and I would love to make sure that we're reaching as many people as, we're, as we can. Head to our website, which is shockingly natsetgirlsquad.com, um, and just hit the memberships button and you will see all of the opportunities, all the different levels of membership. So we have memberships for students. We have memberships for early career, for mid-career, for like almost senior career. We have memberships for people that have like already achieved world domination. We have a whole separate membership category for men at a variety of levels. We have corporate membership programs. Um, and our corporate members are a huge part of what we do. Um, not only do they provide kind of like tactical assistance for people looking for jobs and really increase our network and our reach. Um, all of our our corporate members and partners, so corporate members, people like Raytheon, partners, organizations like Gender Champions, um, anybody affiliated with those groups gets a discount on their membership, which is great. So, you know, encourage your company to, to hop on board. And then that's that girl squad is a hashtag. So it is completely searchable across the internet, especially on Twitter. The Twitter presence is significant. You can probably find 15 jobs, events, internships minimum every day just by using that hashtag. So we hope that this first episode has been useful to you. Obviously, these are not the only professional organizations out there. There are thousands, literally thousands. Um, it can be specific to gender or not specific to gender. Obviously, here on the Women in Foreign Policy podcast, we really wanted to highlight those that have a focus on women and on a gendered analysis of the professional sphere of national security, intelligence, and international relations. But there are plenty of professional organizations that are ethnicity-based or that are um, based on where you're from in terms of like... Asian professionals in national security or something like that. So I really encourage you to just get out there, do a Google search, connect with your network and ask them what organizations they enjoy. A lot of these organizations have mixers 
or have like an initial event that you can attend before you join to see if it's the kind of thing you think you're going to get a lot of benefit out of. And I would encourage you to just kind of explore the space and figure out what you are looking for from a professional organization before you go looking for that organization so that you know what's going to fit your needs. Yeah, I totally agree. Like I said at the beginning, I'm a part of a professional organization and I did invest money in it and I find that it's re- it was really worth it for me, but it definitely is individual decision, like any financial choice. Um, but then also some of the organizations that we heard from today are Uh, not paid members, and they're free to engage with. The other part that I just want to acknowledge as we're wrapping up is the, the limited number of organizations that we featured. We recognize that all of these organizations were English speaking largely, um, or have mostly English-speaking chapters, um, and that there are tons of other organizations from tons of other countries that are not limited in that way. Um, And we also want to recognize that a lot of these organizations are kind of targeted towards more Western workers or more Western audiences, particularly in Washington, D.C. or London. And if you are listening to this from somewhere else or you know of an organization somewhere else, Uh, please let us know. Please send us a a tweet or an email or just let us know in some way. And we'd love to be able to share those names of other organizations at the beginning of the next episode, because we definitely don't think that the center of the world is in Western capitals. (laughs) So uh, like I said, we want to know what you think and if you have other ideas, and we definitely want this to be a conversation. So just come talk to us on the internet. We will be back at the end of January with our next episode. It will also be a part of this professional development series. But in the meantime, we're on Twitter at at women in FP. Uh, also, we're on Instagram at uh, women in FP. And we're doing videos every weekend over the next few months to introduce the team. Ashley's is now up. So if you really want to see our faces, uh, mine was up, I guess, last month. So both of us are now on Instagram. Um, and my personal Twitter is at Annika E-P, A-N-N-I-K-A-E-P. And if you're not on Instagram, we also have the videos on our Twitter account if you are desperate to see our faces. We do really want to hear from you about what you thought about this episode or what you think about this series, any particular questions you have regarding the topics we're going to be covering in the future. So networking, panels, and getting onto panels, public speaking, um, mentorship and sponsorship, any of these things that you have questions about, we really want to hear from you so that we can create a series that's as useful as possible to you. Um, If you have any thoughts about the podcast in general or anything you'd like to hear in future episodes, any future themes you'd like to suggest or people you think would be especially useful for us to talk to, you can tweet those at us. You can email the podcast. All of our contact information is online at the Women in Foreign Policy website. I am on Twitter at vaguelyacademic. I'm happy to talk to you about the podcast, talk to you about anything like effectively anything actually um if you like the work we're doing please consider supporting us via paypal at lmgoulet which is spelled l-m-g-o-u-l-e-t or on patreon at women in foreign policy thanks so much for listening everyone and for being here we really appreciate it and value your time so we will see you next month don't forget to share this with everyone you know see you later bye bye